Hey, welcome to Radio Free Oz for the week of September 19th, 2011. This is Peter Bergman in Los Angeles and up in Whidbey Island, the Emerald Isle, my co-host David Osmond. What's up, Dave? What's up? Well, I think this is the first day of fall. It may be a week away um, on the official calendar, but uh, the leaves are falling the sky is is gray and the wind is up and it's quite beautiful actually so uh, it was okay we had 3 weeks of summer i think well i've been thinking of the fall also not exactly the autumnal equinox but the fact that over the last week since i spoke with you last it seems that <laughs> uh mankind at least in america or a cohort thereof are demonstrating the fall <laughs> the fall from grace uh, <laughs> the fall it, of the it, uh, of the Western Empire. Well, instead of Grace, let me quote Grayson on Grace, okay? Can I do that? Sure. Former, former Congressman Alan Grayson, he's the guy down in Florida with a great sense of humor and the unleashed tongue. I love the guy, okay? Um, who famously described Republican health care policy as, don't get sick. He was the one that put that. <laughs> and die quickly if you get sick. Right. That's his description of, of GOP policy. Slammed the audience at CNN's Tea Party debate for cheering the idea of letting an uninsured 30-year-old accident victim die. You saw that, of course, too. Well, you know, that was a uh, that was an open manhole waiting for somebody to fall in it. You know? These, right. it, it, yeah, go ahead. All right. So what you <clears throat> saw tonight, said, you're quite right, is something much more sinister than not having a health care plan. It's sadism. Pure and simple. It's the same impulse that led people in the Colosseum to cheer when the lions ate the Christians. And that seems to be where we are heading. Bread and circuses without the bread. (laughs) (laughs) Good quote. He's good, man. He is good. The world that Hobbes wrote about, the war of all against the all. And by the way, just for everybody, this is Grayson's Grayson's info also. Everybody know the law requiring hospitals to treat sick people in emergency situations has nothing to do with with 2009 health care. It was put into law by the Reagan administration. So, yeah. So Grayson on the left is shocked. Let me me read you from the right, okay, and where, where they're at. Susan Reedy, the national director of scheduling for John Huntsman's presidential campaign, had some stern words for her own party. In a post on Facebook, Reedy, who joined Huntsman's campaign in August but was not speaking on it on its behalf, said the behavior of the Republican Party made her sick and sad. Quote, Whoa. For years, for years I have tried to prove that the GOP isn't the party of elitist, stereotypical people who, that lack compassion. Of course, that's a tough one. <laughs> Reedy Reedy wrote on her Facebook account Tuesday, when did creativity and growth become secondary to hate? Hearing the debate crowds go crazy over things like executions and the uninsured dying makes me sick and sad for my party that I devote my time and efforts to. In an interview with The Ticket, Reedy said that she had heard similar complaints within Republican circles. Quote, it's a general frustration I hear among friends across the party. Mm. So, so our big the reasonable, old, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reasonable Republicans are just as sick and sad as we are, Dave. Well, you know, I one of my favorite looks at the Republicans at that um, at that debate. It was a photo in the in the New York Times, which uh, in which many of them, not all of them, only six of them are on stage, and uh, uh, Herman Cain is entering. 
Uh, so you only like see him coming into the frame, and he's he's shaking hands with Michelle Bachman, who's looking at him like you know, uh, oh, I, I, I forgot you. We invited you to the party. Hi, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, then uh, Mitt Romney is applauding for some yeah. reason. He's tall. He's the tallest, and he's applauding. He's always applauding. It yeah. shows his bonhomie. Now uh, Rick Perry is next to him, and he's got a thumbs up. So it's like. Yeah. Thumbs up, Herman Cain, you know. <laughs> okay, next to him is, is Ron Paul, who's kind of in the midst of the last years of his life, you know. He's sort of slumped, and he's, 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 he's older than I am, I think. Maybe he's not yes. as old as I am, but he's an old guy. and He's, he's like, crankier and, than you are. He, oh, he's okay. cranky, but I can be cranky too, come on. But anyway, like he's Ron sort of slumped. Paul. He does not care that Herman Cain is entering the stage. Thumbs up, may I applaud. Oh, hi, you're at the party. And there at the very end is yeah. Newt Gingrich. And, and and talk about your garden gnome. Yeah. Newt is at the end, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Here comes that. <laughs> you know, it's a great shot, and it really shows them off. And the other one was uh, was the uh, the Mitt Romney uh, getting uh, Tim, Tim Paws uh, recommendation. And the two of them are, look like they're like they're wearing papoon masks. I mean, they're no. they're absolutely they're the same person except their ties are skewed in opposite directions. Well, very no, very exciting week for the Republicans. No, you're you've you've got a real sense for intelligence work. I mean, ties <laughs> skewed in opposite directions could be a signal. You I, know what I'm saying? I could bet be it signaling. is. The party, the secret parts of their uh, their minions. Right, you know? I'm skewed to the left. Fuck you, I'm skewed to the I'm right. I'm skewed to the left. He's skewed to the right. Get it? Get, Get it? it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, uh, uh, now, the, the, other, the other news, I have more news about Texas. Oh, please, please, go not, right Not only, because uh, last week, we, you know, governor of hell, right? Texas is, is hell. We, we were talking about that last, last the week. The governor of hell. The yes. governor of hell. He, it's, uh, Texas got the highest temperatures in the world. I mean, in, you know, in America forever. The, it was the hottest summer. Uh-huh. The fires yeah. were all over the place. It's yeah, got yeah. more horrible oil spills than any place except, I don't know, Louisiana. Right? Maybe. It, it yeah. maybe, maybe it's it, it, if and death penalty. There's people dying <clears throat> all over the place all the time. Right? Okay. Here's a factoid. The governor says, "Why y'all come down to Texas? Why I don't know why everybody doesn't move here. Y'all, yeah, there's jobs for everybody down here. So y'all oh, come yeah? to Texas. They're all y'all invited to come to Texas. Do you, you heard him say that, right, Governor Perry? Yeah. Right? Okay. Here's a stat that will blow your mind. If, I'm ready. Let me get my mind ready to be okay. blown because I don't want any pain here. here I only is. want Satori. It's okay, coming. Go. It's coming to you. If the population density of Texas was the same as New York City, everybody in the world could live in Texas. Y'all come. It, if the if the population density of hell. I.E. Texas. I.E. Texas. Was the same as Gotham, right? Right. If, all, if there were that many people that close to each other, it would be everybody in the world. Everybody. And Rick's ready for everybody. Come in. Want you all. There's jobs. Well, the fact is, Dave, there are jobs. Texas now has its highest unemployment in ever so on his watch. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's, I don't that's, know. You want to go to Texas? Dave? You want to uh, shift Oz to Texas? 
Shift Oz to Texas. I, well, let's, let's see. If you, No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. You know, there was some good, good news this week. You got good news? I, I, a slight bit of good news. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, because I've been saying that, uh, and I've been saying this ironically and, you know, with an edge and all that, that when they talk about, you know, returning jobs to, uh, you know, for the, the auto manufacturers and bridge makers and road pavers and all of these jobs that nobody I know does, except construction. Right. Okay. I know right. a lot of people who are in, in construction here on the island. Uh, well, I always say, well, you got to add to that arts festivals. Okay, yes. arts festivals are an important source of uh, jobs for a lot of people, right? Right. Well, so this last week, the National Endowment for the Arts came out in favor of arts for uh, uh, jobs. And the guy, wow. yeah, arts for jobs. The guy says we. Uh, uh, this is Rocco Landisman, who used to be a big Broadway producer, and now he's the NEA um, guy. And uh, they've got all kinds of grants from foundations, of course, private foundations. And uh, they're going to, it aims to integrate artists and art groups into local efforts in transportation, housing, community development, and job creation as an important tool of economic recovery. This is good news. Well, David, I am impressed with your optimism. I really am. And, you know, you and I both agree that one of the one of the great ways for America to return to normalcy in the best sense, sanity, compassion, is through the arts. Okay, the problem is you and I have spent enough time around the NEA and other arts bureaucracies and foundations to know that they aren't always <laughs> they aren't always on the ball. Arts are. Let's talk about arts uh, involving themselves in the return. To a normal housing situation, didn't David? Didn't he say they wanted integrated uh, oh, yeah. arts into housing? Oh yeah, right. they've 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 got uh, you know the Department of Housing and Urban Development or whatever it is now. They've got that. Uh, all those government agencies are engaged in this, Pete. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you know, don't feel like a bum because you live in a slum. Come, 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 live in the slum. I mean, they can have little musicals mm-hmm. as far as. As well, far that's as good. As hey, in 1933, those were uh, putting a lot of people to work. Those little musicals that were saying, you know, <clears throat> we're all out of work and the railroads yeah. are terrible or whatever I they were like singing. About. I feel like a jerk. But they did those. You know, they hired Orson Welles to get people to do that on Broadway and various other places across the country, not actually in the housing developments themselves. We have to get down. Okay, arts in helping to return to a viable transportational infrastructure, right? Um, now, my idea would be to get choral groups from barbershop to gospels to line up along the railroads as they're being repaired and built and sing John Henry said to Obama, hammer <laughs> down, etc. Okay. Well, now, <laughs> now, 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 Pete, in your very own Los Angeles, you know that there are many underpasses that have been painted by otherwise unemployed people. Well, Dave, I certainly appreciate your enthusiasm for the integration of arts, of course, into the return to the real America. And I know that during the New Deal, there were some fabulous murals that were um, that were painted, some great art, and some of it st- still is with us. And some and some beautiful dams were built. Of course, we're not talking about building dams, but <laughs> most of the recent examples of of municipally uh, municipal, you know, um, encouraged art, it just 
is often just so awful that my favorite is the is the mural under the pathway in in Santa Monica where it's the beach and these people are riding horses and there's wild horses and all the people and all the horses have eye sockets but no eyeballs. It looks as if she ran out of paint, but that's not it. It was an aesthetic choice. And it's one of the problems with having art being, you know, dictated by city council, which is if you've got an in, you can get away with anything. Of course, that's true about art anyway. I remember going into the Whitney the first time, one of the first times I was there, and I walked into a room and I thought that someone had forgot to clean up something in the corner. Little did I know it was a major exhibit. <laughs> it looked to me like a couple of, ne- a couple of phos- phosphorescent tubes left on a pile of sand. Oh, what did it say? Anarchy in the angst of society? I don't know what they called it, you know, or, or, or you know, or um, rent three months, number two. I'm not sure exactly. But okay, I want to bring the arts back. Uh, it, it seems to me, though, considering where America's at in general is, hey, you know what they say? I get all the free art I want. I got TV. Nobody charged me for my TV, so I don't want to have to pay nothing for art. And I don't know what it's like to go downtown and see a bunch of bozos singing. I can, I can watch Glee, and, it's, and I can watch reruns of Glee. You know, I really think we're, I think we're slipping into the box, Dave. You know, I think we're viewing the world through a flat screen darkly. I really do. Well, um, some, some are. I guess some are. I mean, uh, if on the front page of the Times Arts section is, uh, you know, uh, a roast for, you know, a roast for some Hollywood nobody, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not worthy. But then again, neither is the sports page with people getting paid millions of dollars to knock each other down. Uh, well, you know. I don't know. You're right. I mean, I, sometimes, though, it's easier to watch pictures of people being paid huge amounts of money to get tattoos and, and knock each other down, as it is to read about the fact that Syria, this is front page, right, yeah. just killed another 46 fearless demonstrators in town, right? We're talking about mothers, kids. We're not talking about people with big black, black masks and, and rocket launchers, just people coming out and telling Assad to get the hell out of town. And, he, and you know, we're just kind of standing by. I, I know we're, we're upset, but... It's not like Libya, you know, NATO isn't in Syria taking care of a, of a situation that's, that's so poisonous, David. It's so deadly. And, and we're all, you know, this, what can we do, you know? I'd rather see um, Americans helping NATO in Syria than in Afghanistan. But then again, what, what do I know? I'm, I'm talking like, you know, it's like I'm playing a game here. You know, right. I have no... Uh, for me, the scariest news of of, of the week was an op ed from uh, the the one of the Faisals, the uh, one of the princes of of Saudi Arabia, who was uh, you know the ambassador to the United States. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's it's titled "Veto a State, Lose an Ally," and it actually more or less threatens that if we don't approve the Palestinian state in the UN, which of course we won't. Uh, um, it will have quote a profound negative uh, profound negative consequences in addition to causing substantial damage to american saudi relations and provoking uproar among muslims worldwide the united states would uh, for, would further undermine its relations with the muslim world empower iran and threaten regional stability <laughs> that sounds pretty scary 
Well, you know, we're just getting some of our own juice back, Dave. Well, yeah. I mean, America's... <laughs> We've been running around the world telling people that privately and publicly for a long time, you know. As, as far as the, the, the Saudis, what's ironic is that if they lose us as an ally, they're dead in the water. You know, we supply them with all their security. It's not just all the super expensive, useless F-15s and F-22s that we, that we sell them in Aegis-class uh, rocket launching destroyers, etc. It's the fact that we have the Blue Water Navy that's hanging around in the Indian Ocean, etc., protecting those sons of bitches, okay? We're the ones that are keeping them in their lifestyle and keeping the rest of the people in the area or the outlying areas from just walking in and saying, oil for everybody. Well, that's, that's, uh, why, that's why it was kind of scary to see that that op-ed. A really threatening tone. A threatening tone from Saudi Arabia? Vote, a, vote, you know, cast a veto, lose an ally. I mean, we don't even say that. No, that's not even diplomatic. Hillary Clinton would probably be just having a nightmare over that one. You know, you don't say that. What you say is, you know, da da da. We really something something, and this would be not a good idea on this level or that level. But you don't say our strategic or semi-strategic alliance is going to be uh, disrupted. You know. Good lord. No, I didn't. I, I think I saw that briefly, but I didn't pay any attention. Um, uh, did you see Paul Krugman's article this week, by the way? Indeed, I did. All right. Now, Take you got to hand you, you know, you got to hand it to Paul Krugman, okay? I mean, he's very bright. He's a true progressive economist. He got himself a Nobel Prize, but of course, so did Henry Kissinger. So I don't know how that qualifies one. But, you know, let me, uh, people probably aware of this, but let me give you Krugman's quote from his, from his op-ed. It's actually was from a blog. Okay. Yeah, it's from a blog. Not, this was not like, uh, not the, uh, just a week ago. Uh, he wrote in a blog, and they called the blog The Years of Shame, in which he said that what happened after 9-11 was deeply shameful. Finally, somebody is speaking of power, is speaking truth to power. Krugman castigated people like Rudy Giuliani and President Bush as, quote, fake heroes who exploited the attacks for their own personal, political, or military gain. He also said that many in the media had lent their support to the hijacking of the atrocity. Krugman concluded, in memory of 9-11, excuse me, the memory of 9-11 has been irrevocably poisoned. It has become an occasion for shame, and in its heart, the nation knows it. He said he had turned off the comments to his post because... Obviously, he was going to get terribly slammed. He said, in their heart, the nation knows it, that 9-11 has been turned into a not only a public relations nightmare, but the, the springboard for political careers and illegal wars and, 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 the, and the turning off of our civil liberties, the, the Patriot Act, which it's not, et cetera, et cetera. But only Krugman, of all the, you know, Mainstream pundits has the guts to say that. that that's a commentary on, unto itself, I think. Isn't he great? That was, uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, really an honest from the heart and hard to, uh, hard to say given the, uh, you know, the, the mourning uh, all over the country at various monuments and sites all commemorating or memorializing or whatever the appropriate word is, uh, the 911 uh, deaths and it's uh, there's new york has provided 
uh, an, an elaborate and uh, even extravagant memorial, and uh, uh, it's, um, it, it will benefit a lot of people economically. Well, I, I mean, I can understand New York going out of its way to of create course. some sort oh, of, of course, elaborate memorial because it was – it was. I mean, you know, it, it affected New Yorkers in a way we can't even comprehend. No. Friends tell us stories, all well and good. But I, I, the latest pictures that they've released of it gave me a new understanding of just how horrific it was. That being said, David, I want to connect what Krugman says with the argument going on from the Tea Partyists that we've got to do away or seriously restrict Medicare and Medicaid, Okay. If they if they were to do that, if they were to make if they were to put Medicaid out of more people's reach, it's slow terrorism instead of quick terrorism. Almost three thousand people die when two planes crash into the towers. How long will it take for people who could have been cured to die in pain and suffering if they can't get proper medical attention? That is a form of terrorism to me. It's subtle, it's obscured. But I think it is that nonetheless. Well, and where does this lack of compassion come from on, on the right? Is it out of a, um, uh, a, a skewed morality that says uh, it's your own fault? Mm-hmm. Part of it, yes, that's Ron Paul. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that yep. it, that's a libertarian, that's the doctrinaire libertarian view is it's your own fault. This is not a religious view. This is, no, there is a, this is the, a political the view. The coincident religious view is the Calvinism that says, if you're poor, if you're sick, it's your own fault. God has turned his face from you because you were not predestined to be healthy and wealthy. Straight down the line, Calvinism. There you so go. They, they and connect and, very and, nice. Yeah, so does the Mormon agenda, which is well, the Mormon yeah. agenda, where they talk about the homosexual agenda, man. There, the, yeah. we, we get the Mormon agenda going out there, and it's uh, it's heart of gold, <laughs> solid gold, and and uh, uh, everybody takes care of everybody else if you if we all agree that we all agree, it's not we don't uh, and maybe uh, you know maybe Romney's uh, health care came somewhat out of that um, religious motive of taking care of people. Well, you know we, we forget that. That Romney's dad was a very progressive Republican. George, you know, George ran for president too. Oh yes, indeed. and he was the head of a major American um, uh, car company. He made deals with unions. He was a very sophisticated progressive man, no doubt about it. A Republican, but a great traditional Republican. So his son grew up in that atmosphere. And Mitt Romney's worst problem is that he's running for president. Because he doesn't get a chance to actually be his own kind of normal self. He was not a bad governor of Massachusetts. And indeed, his health plan there, it works. And you can call it Romney Care. And he can be proud of it. Okay? So what does he do in order to become, to take the worst job in the world? My God, David. <laughs> if they offered me the presidency, which they won't, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> it would kill me in a day. You know? Think of all. Think of Obama. Think of all the tsuris he goes through for all the things that people think he could have stopped or made happen that he couldn't, right? He takes all the heat, and most of the stuff, there's not anything he can do about it. Anyway, so uh, so Mitt Romney runs for president. He goes totally public, and when he goes totally public, what happens? He steps in again when the Tea Party, the right wing, the compassionless, 
uh, you know, puppets of the super rich have become the party. Okay? They, therefore, there's a place for Ron Paul because Ron Paul has no compassion for the sick. Here's what, look, here, and here's the irony, okay? Ron Paul was asked, right, in the last debate, what to do if a 30-year-old uninsured man suddenly slipped into a coma and needed care? He, uh, and he said, in all likelihood, not, and, and, and um, he said that, uh, well, it's, it's a personal question and he has to take personal responsibility. But Paul's 2008 campaign manager, Kent Snyder, went through a strikingly similar experience to Blitzer's hypothetical one, dying of complications from viral pneumonia just two weeks after Paul ended his presidential bid. Snyder was uninsured. So family and friends were forced to raise funds to cover his $400,000 in medical bills. Their efforts including setting, setting up a website soliciting contributions from Paul's supporters. So there's libertarianism in the work. Uh, I get really sick. I die. I leave $400,000 in bills. Let's just get on the web and ask the other, all the other libertarians to pay for it. And if they don't, everybody gets stiffed. Right? That's really a, yep, <clears throat> yep, that's a, what, what a scenario. Oh, God, and you know, it's, these, no, these it's, libertarians. It's, yeah, I, the, the, these views will not prevail in the national election, no matter how low Obama's scores are at the moment. You cannot call Social Security a Ponzi scheme when voters, most voters are living on it. And and, and, uh, and and you can't and you can't say you know to people who are elderly and who are still voting, getting out there and voting, that uh, yeah. that they can't have health care of some kind. I mean, look, here's 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 the uh, the problem started with with the compromise in the first place. You, you, you compromise out of what makes the thing work, and it and it only kind of works. That And the same thing they're going to do with the budget. You're going to compromise on something that really doesn't quite work. And so the wheels of government are, ex- if they move at all, they're moving very squeakily and very slowly. And that's what's happening. It's not that, the, it's not that these mad people are going to be elected president. Ron Paul, please. It's impossible. Michelle Bachman, there's no way that any of these people, except maybe Romney, could possibly get through the, the uh, uh, you know, the what do they call that when everybody's hitting you on every side, you know, gauntlet, gantlet, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, Piling on. Yeah. yeah. They, they can't get through with views that are so extraordinary, even though people are cheering the death penalty and cheering uh, 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 uninsured 30-year-olds uh, dying because they, because they can't afford insurance. I mean, this is just ghastly but the but the compromising that has brought the the the, the democratic administration here is now uh cracking up on the uh on the shores of let's get rid of all of obama's uh, team now let's get rid of his advisors that was big news this week well that's what carvel asked for yep. carvel said fire them all Absolutely said they're not working. Get rid of them. He also said indict people on Wall Street. And he said, become a Democrat again. But I don't know if that works. I don't know if firing the people works. It turns out it appears that as interesting and and, and great a man as Obama is, he seems to be not a very good um, 
corporate executive. I mean, you know, running the White House is like running a small corporation, right? You hire all these managers and all this stuff, and it looks like he didn't get the right people. Oh, by the way, talking about Carville, I got to give you one quote so that we can so that we can remember that uh, so that we can remember that you know uh, there's a few people who are still seeing it correctly. Here's what Carville said: As I watch the Republican debates. I realize that we are on the brink of a crazy person running our nation. I sit in front of the television and shudder at the thought of one of these creationism-loving, global warming-denying, immigration-bashing, social security-cutting, clean air-hating, mortality-fascinated, Wall Street-protecting Republicans running my country. So speaks the Cobra. And you know something? Obama better put James the Cobra Carville back in the White House loop. I tell you, they need him because he talks straightforwardly. Yep. Yeah. That's what that is exactly what needs to be said about those uh about they are so dangerous and so uh, against the American grain, against the uh, the um, uh, everything that I grew up with as the American tradition. Even though it was a lie, it still was the American tradition, and now that's being buried. We got another lie out there. Hmm. Yeah. That's scary, Pete. It's scary. Well, we're going to get through it, though, Dave, because that's why Radio Free Oz is here. You know, that's why people listen to us, because even though we can quetch and, you know, moan and, and, and you know, walk up and down the, the, the primrose path in both directions, the fact is, is that we have to realize that there is such a thing as, you know, as, as what is it, agonistic joy. We have to find joy in the midst of the agony. We have to find we have to find ourselves and our better selves, as, as as Lincoln said. We have to find our better angels in this situation, and that is a glorious task. And that's one of the things that I think really supports uh, this program and and similar people doing similar things. You know, Oz is just an audio beacon amongst many, but here we are. So. It was great talking with you, Dave. As, as I think this is, I think we're yeah, as always. As yes. always, Pete. As always, once a week is not is not anywhere near enough. I've got a I've got a nope. ta- tanger to end with. Oh, I know yeah. you're going to tang yeah. us out. Yeah, you know it isn't it isn't anywhere near as enough. Uh, maybe we can do more. I, I know that doing it by Skype sometimes makes me sound like I'm in a you know I'm under Mount Blanc. But it's the best we can do right now. Okay, let's. What, what's the tanger for this week, my man? Well, this is by the same poet that we heard from uh, last last time, Li Shang Yin, who um, is in the late the late Tang. We're talking about eight hundred, eight eight twenty five, eight fifty, something like that. And, Li uh, Shang, you said Li Shang Yin, Y A N. Y I N. Okay. Y-I-N. And what's this poem called? Well, this one yeah. call, is called Things I Can't Stand Hearing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we yeah. go. It's and it's it's not it's not exactly a funny poem. Here we go. <clears throat> Things I can't stand hearing. Gibbons screaming in the distance as I sit in a deserted hall. The way people bicker and squabble around the well at the market. The sound of laundry being pounded at a wayside inn in autumn. A young wife weeping for her husband. An old man crying over his dead son. A magpie's screech when I've just come from failing my exam. A neighborhood beggar wailing all night long. 
somebody making joyful music while I'm in mourning, news of a friend about to graduate who died instead. Oh, Dave. Isn't that just just those tangers? They knew how to condense human experience into, you know, 15, 16 lines. There. I guess it's to, it's to remind us that things, you know, there wasn't necessarily a golden age, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, humankind has been around for a long, long, long time and, is, and has come and gone and done some pretty terrific things. And that was 1,000, 12, 1,300 years ago. And, uh, you know, people uh, were born and died and felt and... Uh, heard and uh, and hated things that they heard even then as we do now so there you are what wouldn't it be interesting if if education would be such that people in general i know it's tough to talk about the people i mean that's it's crazy but wouldn't it be nice if we could turn our attention back to periods like that study poetry like that for what it can you know uh, what what it can inspire inspire us and teach us? Turn off the television set for a while. Turn our eyes away from the billboards. Yeah, I know this is old school, and it, and I'm not a luddite. Uh, uh-uh, not at all. I mean, you know, but I'm, I I like electronica as much as the next person. But too much of a good thing is too much, Dave. And it's it, it proof of it is that you have to come to Oz to get a Tang poem, right? You don't have to come to Oz. <laughs> to watch the multinicity of, of, of fame or Charlie Sheen getting roasted yeah. by his peers, so to speak. You know, like, I, 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 I'm speechless, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, so. that, that, that stopped me dead on the arts, the cover of the arts section. Charlie it, Sheen yeah, roasted, please. I mean, oh. okay. Well, really, I mean, the man is ill. Okay, I get that. Roast the ill. I mean, you know, you shouldn't eat bad meat. Uh, I want to thank you, David, and myself, and, 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 and Dave Maloney, and, and Chad's Glass, and Phil Fountain, and Scott Wilde, and Tom Goodwillow. They're the Oz team. They bring you Oz. Oz is getting bigger and better. Well, I'd say we're just on the edge of giving you some brand new news. Just stay with us, by the way. Our, our count is up. We're, we're well over 1,300 people on a regular basis daily. So it's glad to have you on board. Keep us on board. Go up to Oz and, and donate to us. You just push the green button on and PayPal and, and, and give us a few bucks. We need it. We need it to keep on the air. And we'll be with you next week. Okay, Dave? Talk to you then. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>